Kevin Mondro here, Coach Dro, D-R-O. Welcome back to the Tell Me Your Story Coach podcast, the podcast where we advocate coaches and help young coaches learn from the coaches telling these stories. Before we get to today's incredible young coach, I wanted to share two tweets that I recently ran across on Twitter. Buzz Williams, the head coach at Texas A&M, recently tweeted, if quitting is an option, you'll never finish anything hard. Maybe you're a head coach and your team is not playing very well right now, or maybe you're an assistant, grad assistant, or student manager, and you're a little frustrated with your current position for numerous reasons. Great reminder by Coach Williams. What is even better that Coach Steve Forbes, the head coach at Wake Forest, responded to Coach Williams with his own tweet. Only in the dictionary does success come before work. Everything we want in life is on the other side of hard. The successful person is not only the person who makes the fewest mistakes, the successful person gets knocked down nine times, only to get back for number 10. Unbelievable response and advice from Coach Forbes. Today, we are talking to Coach Drew Donasco. Coach Drew is currently an assistant coach for Coach Stan Heath at Eastern Michigan. Drew is in year one with Coach Heath. Prior to EMU, Coach Donesco spent the last six seasons as the video coordinator for the Michigan State men's basketball program. Quite simply, as you soon will find out, Coach Drew was a rock star in his role for Coach Tom Izzo and his amazing staff. Before his time with the Spartans, Coach Drew worked for three seasons as a video assistant coordinator with the Cleveland Cavaliers. And before life in the NBA, Coach Drew spent two seasons at the University of Akron under the helm of Coach Keith Dambra. Drew was a graduate manager and then video coordinator at Akron. Finally, Coach Drew got his start in college at Cleveland State as a graduate manager. Coach Donesco graduated from Wittenberg University in 2009, where he played one season before later serving as a student assistant for the men's basketball team. If you are a young coach who has aspirations to get to the Division I level as an assistant coach, then this is truly a podcast for you. Coach Donesco details every step of his career and how he works so hard to get to the Mac. Trust me, this is a great conversation with a talented and loyal young coach. Subscribe, rate, and review on whatever platform you are currently listening. Remember, we are everywhere. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and so much more. Please keep telling your coaching friends about this podcast. The bigger audience we can create, the bigger impact we can make with younger coaches. Follow Tell Me Your Story Coach on Instagram at Tell Me Your Story Coach. Follow Tell Me Your Story Coach on Twitter at Coach Kevin Dro. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Kevin Mondro. Enough of Coach Dro. Let's get to Coach Drew Donesco and tell his story. Real quick, before Coach Drew's story, I need to tell you about my affiliate partner that I've been supporting since episode one. That friend, Desmond Ferguson, the owner of Moneyball Sportswear. Check out MoneyballSportswear.com. Let me tell you about the gear that Moneyball produces. Men's, women's, boys, and girls sports attire. Get all your winter gear ASAP. Truly, what are you waiting for? And if you are a high school and or AAU coach and you need a new set of uniforms, please reach out to Moneyball. The uniforms that Desmond and his team create are simply spectacular. Go to MoneyballSportswear.com. Shop away. Enter the promo code DRO, D-R-O, in the coupon checkout. Grow with us. Moneyball, the only way to ball. Drew, why do you coach? Basketball has always been just a, a huge focal point in my life. I mean, it helped me decide so many different things. Where I decided to go to school, me and my wife bonded off of basketball originally when we started dating. And obviously, it's kind of pointed me in the direction of my career. So I guess the biggest thing is is the feeling that you get from like helping, especially young people, but reach their dreams and their goals and just get better every day. I, I just feed off of that feeling, and that it's kind of what keeps me going. 
I mean, I just never feel like I'm working. You know, the hours they just fly by every day, and there's not never one time where I kind of look up the clock or look at my watch and say, you know, what time? What time can I get off and get home? Obviously, I like love to see my kids and my family, and you know, I miss them so much throughout the season and now with recruiting. But you know, it's just it's just so fun. All the film, all that stuff. It never feels like work for me. So you mentioned you and your wife bonded over basketball. I got to go back to that. Well, what's the story? So when I first met her, we. Met a very nice establishment and uh we started talking and she uh she coached freshman high school girls and she was coaching actually aau as well and so when we kind of first started dating i I started helping out work at the scores table and when girls be checking them in i'd be coaching them and i actually helped her coach her aau team the following years but she coached you know high school basketball she was a varsity uh, head coach for five years at streetsboro high school and so you know she took her team from um I think it was three wins to 15 wins in four or five years. So she really rebuilt the program. I mean, literally, when she the day she accepted the job, their gym burned down. She really just had to build it from the ground up, literally. So she literally understands this profession. That's pretty cool. I know you guys have three wonderful children, but when you talked about the job being just not a job and, you know, you miss your kids, that's pretty cool that to know that your wife you know, understands, gets it, so supportive. She's a rock star and she's a, you know, she's a high school math teacher. So she's got her own thing and she, I don't know how she does it, but she finds a way to balance, you know, working full time and then, you know, getting the kids, you know, to school in the morning and getting them to, you know, after school programs. And I mean, she's just, I I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing if she didn't have the ability to do what she does and also the understanding of what I do. So I recently had Charlie Henry on the podcast, University of Alabama assistant from Michigan, great young coach. He told me he knew he wanted to be a coach when he was five years old. When did you know you wanted to coach, Drew? When I was 10. Really? Yeah. So there's a long story behind it, but I found out when I was 10 that I wasn't going to play in the NBA. You know, I kind of, one thing I always did uh, with my friends was I always, I was always the basketball junkie of the group. We, I might have had some friends that were some better athletes than me. Yeah. And I would just kind of give them tips and give them little drills and stuff. And I, I started to get that feeling of having an impact on, on uh, somebody uh, when it comes to uh, getting better and, and getting, you know, putting in some extra work and all those things. And it just was, I was like, oh, this is it. This is what I'm going to do. And then from there on, everything I did in my life uh, kind of pushed me towards that. And um, I mean, I went, when I went to college, I majored in psychology because I went to a really small school. You know, they didn't have like coaching as an option or anything because I was like, maybe, you know, if I major psychology, I could, you know, start to figure out different ways to motivate players and mm-hmm. um, different approaches for different types of people. So let's talk about your journey to Eastern Michigan, Coach Stan Heath, year one with the Eagles. It's graduate manager at Cleveland State. How did you get your feet in the door with the Vikings? Well, you know, I went to Wittenberg University mm-hmm. uh, in Springfield, Ohio, Division Three powerhouse, and uh, I played one year, and, um, you know, I, that was it. So, But they kept me on as a student assistant coach, and it was an unbelievable experience. I got to wear a lot of different hats. So I got to, you know, coach on the floor, even though, you know, I was just – I was still, you know, I think 19 years old trying to tell guys who are even older than me what to do, um, <laughs> which, you know, they look at me like, come on, man, like, I know what I'm doing. It's just like, no, 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 this is, I'm, I, trust me, I know what I'm talking about. Right. But then I, you know, I got to go recruiting and, you know, it's so funny because, you know, this is the first time I've been recruiting in, you know, 10 years or a little bit more actually. But, you know, so I got to get that experience. I actually, my first video experience. So like one of my jobs was, 
you know, kind of set up the film and stuff uh, before games. And we use VHS, and I had like seven deck to decks stacked up on each other, so I could give hand out VHSs to coaches after games and stuff. So it was a wonderful experience, and um, you know, it kind of got me, you know, my my feet wet a little bit. So I did the classic: go to the Final Four and just try to meet as many people as you can and try to just find a job. And so I went with Travis Schwab, who was assistant coach at the time. He's now the head coach at Muskegon College. Everybody that he knew, like I just would introduce myself and say, I'm looking for any type of position that you have and trying to get a graduate assistant, graduate manager, whatever it may be. And uh, I met Bill Buck, who was uh, the Dobo at Cleveland State at the time. And I sent him my resume that night and uh, had you know Coach Brown at Wittenberg call over and give me a good recommendation. And I interviewed with Gary. Gary Waters and his staff, and I was really lucky, well, not lucky, fortunate to, um, you know, get that opportunity. Yeah, Coach Waters, man, tremendous coach, Larry DeSemper, man, Absolutely. just a great staff. You know, just thinking of the Final Four, and we missed that with COVID. Yeah. But, you know, you go to the Final Four, and that's a great story for younger coaches, like hang around with somebody who knows everybody. And then just contact those people. That's great. That's great insight for young coaches. That's awesome. So go from Cleveland State. Then you go work with Coach Dambrod at Akron. Like, how did that happen? It was a situation where I, I just kind of needed a change. And, you know, Akron was a great opportunity for me. You know, Coach Dambrod is, you know, to me, one of the best coaches in the country. Beast. Um, he's got great staff. You know, Rick McFadden, Terry Wigand, Charles Thomas. And at the time, you know, the late Dan Peters. Right. They were just an unbelievable group to kind of learn from and, you know, kind of just soak up and be a sponge with it, it was just a great experience for me so what are the some of the things though that you did for keith in terms of video and so forth the story which we're going to tell is just how you've carved your niche with video to get to eastern michigan and so forth what was it like with dan brought every day first of all from a coaching perspective i just learned about you know how passionate and intense you kind of have to be day to day, you know, because, you know, not every guy wants to be, you know, they don't feel like they want to bring it every day. And you you have to be that guy and uh, kind of pump them up and get them going at times. And, and sometimes they get you going, but most of the time it's you getting them going. You know, but the thing is, if you're going to be getting after players and you're going to be holding them accountable, I learned from, you know, Coach Dambrod originally about just how important relationships were with right. the players. They have to know that you care and they have to know that you're in their corner. And the best way to kind of show that is just spending time. You know, from a graduate assistant perspective, yeah. you know, he explained this to me. He sat me down and said, you know, you got to find your niche, mm. like find what you're good at and make yourself irreplaceable. And that's kind of what led me to video. You know, I always had a grasp of like technology, you know, somewhat. And the other thing is I was willing to put in the time. Video isn't all too difficult, but it requires a massive, massive amount of time. I went over to the uh, the football team after our graduate assistant video coordinator got his master's. And I went to the football team, and they used the same video software we use. They use DV Sport. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, hey, can I just get like two days where I just kind of learn from you guys and just learn the video? Right. Um, and because I just kind of want to try to get a leg up to see if I can get that video position because we had like five or six uh, GAs on staff. And so I went over there. And they kind of showed me, you know, some of the stuff. And then I just kind of just messed with it for a long, for the whole summer, kind of self-taught for the rest of it. Um, I started doing projects like mail outs, campus recruiting, PowerPoint presentations, like p- trying to embed video into them, made highlight tapes for all of our guys, uh, like whatever projects I could think of. Like I just tried to keep myself busy in the office where I was actually doing something and not just being in there. Like little small projects, like find a way to kind of win the day and just small goals, you know, because we we just we did have a lot of people on staff and at times they're they're kind of especially in the off season like there's 
you know, once practice was done, it was like, you know, what are we all doing? Kind of just staring at each other a little bit with the the large staff. So, you know, at the end of it in the fall, Coach D uh, appointed me to be the GA and video coordinator. And it was a great experience. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm so thankful that he gave me that opportunity. He's something else. And he's an office grinder. I know he's in at six in the morning and, and there all day. And his you know, you talked about spending time with the players. I, I know, I think he has a rule where he has to be, guys have to be in an hour in before practice and he's down there shooting with the guys. It's just remarkable. Just like probably what you learned in terms of like, how do you develop relationships with guys? Yeah. And you know, they, they got the morning time slots too. So they're, they're from <laughs> eight to noon. So usually practice about eight thirty, and you know, he's, he's waking up and you know, it seems like he's had, like he doesn't drink coffee or anything. He, I think he drinks tea. He said he was drinking a lot of Diet Coke back in the day, but now he's drinking tea. And, you know, he just comes in with a, just a ball of energy every day. And if you're not motivated being around him to be great, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with you. So three seasons with the Cleveland Cavaliers in the NBA as an assistant video coordinator. How'd you get to the NBA? And what was it like working in the NBA in this capacity? Okay, so I, we got to go back to Cleveland State. Okay. So, like, this is, to me, really important and I mean, I'm super biased because of the story, but you know, just like most people in our business, I, I try to foster strong relationships with all the people I work with, which extends well beyond just the coaching staff. You know, I was fortunate enough to work with great people like Kevin Brunsma, yeah. who uh, we were roommates and GAs together. He used to be assistant at Youngstown State, now doing a great job coaching uh, high school down in Florida and selling real estate. And Million dollar homes. Smart, smarter than all of us. <laughs> smarter than all of us. Making great guy. money. And then uh, Derek Millender, who is our strength coach, and many others, but you know, Derek and me you know developed a really good relationship and while i transitioned to akron Derek uh transitioned to become the assistant strength coach with the uh, cleveland cavaliers wow and so uh you know we just continued to converse and i was you know getting my master's and working on that and um, he called me and let me know hey this job may open up but it's gonna be a while so just kind of keep it under your hat you know and uh you know just kind of stay ready and when the job, the day the job opened up, he called me and he called the uh, the head video coordinator with the Cavs, Dan Vincent, and gave me a, a really strong recommendation. Now, after that, I kind of um, ambushed them with a lot of different people calling for me. You know, mm. I had Keith Dambrot call Chris Grant mm. and they had a relationship because, you know, Coach Dambrot was LeBron's high school coach and, you know, Chris Grant was in the front office during LeBron's first tenure. So like things just kind of aligned really well for me and just timing and everything. I, I mean, I was very fortunate to be in the situation I was, um, but you know, it's all about, you know, kind of the timing and it's, it's always kind of worked out for me that way where I've had great relationships with people and uh, they kind of o- always have kind of paid me back at the end. So it's been, it's been great. So, Dan Brown makes the call for you with the Cavs. Like as a GA, you can't ask for much more than the head coach say, Hey, I'm going to vouch for this guy. I'm going to reach out to a professional organization and say, this guy can be of value to your program. Like how much did that mean to you that coach Dan Brown put his stamp of approval on you with the Cavs? I, I, I really can't put it into words being in the room, listening to, you know, cause you know, usually as a GA, you don't really know if you're doing a good job or not at times until you hear that recommendation and you hear the head coach tell those people how good you are. And that was an incredible experience. And coach Dambrod, that's, you know, he's, he's always done that for his GAs that, you know, do a great job for him. You're not making a lot of money. You know, you're getting your masters, which is great, but you know, you really work hard for that phone call. That's that's why you're you're doing what you do as a GA. What was your job responsibilities like with the Cavs? It was great. I mean, 
I did all the video stuff when it comes to breaking stuff down. Like I was basically synergy, right? So like just in sports code. So <laughs> I would I would break down, you know, every game uh, or every every other game really of, of who who we were scouting. So it was me and and one other assistant video guy. And so we'd cut you know five games out or more, whatever's whatever's were requested. And um, I mean, my first year with the Cavs, I. You know, I slept at the facility four nights a week. Wow. We didn't have, we at that point, we weren't downloading games or anything. So we did everything through DirecTV League Pass. So we had mm. to live capture everything. Wow. And I'm sure, I mean, you've seen those type of things. Uh, yeah. But like for us, it wasn't like, you know, let's just wait the next morning or whatever. Like we had to have that stuff ready for the coaches to be able to watch, you know, the next morning when they got in. Because I mean, it's such a quick turn on the NBA. Like, I mean, when you're looking at it, you're playing, you know, three or four games a week, sometimes five games in a week, you know. You, you have to you know turn that out and get it turned around quickly and so it that was great uh, you know i started doing play edits and stuff and, and film breakdown when it came to putting together presentations for for the team as i was there longer and longer so because I, I was there three years and, but then like from a basketball perspective i was basically a manager on the court and i was just trying to soak everything in I mean, I, I worked for, you know, three different head coaches in three years. So my first year I worked with Byron Scott. And then my second year I was with Mike Brown. And my third year I was with David Blatt. Wow. And um, what a great experience to be able to see, you know, Byron Scott, when I got there, it was a well-oiled machine and things were kind of moving and it was just like, get these games done and, you know, we'll take care of the rest. But with Mike Brown and, and David Blatt, I was able to witness coaches developing their culture and what their non-negotiables were and putting in an offense and defensive principles. And, you know, cause you know, with Mike Brown, especially none of those assistants had worked for him before. So it was, we were all learning at the same time, like what his vision was. Mm. And so that was my big learning year where like my, I feel like my basketball mind and brain expanded faster that year than it ever has in my life. Do you have any fun stories to share about LeBron with film? Yeah. He remembers everything. He's got a photographic memory. So like if you kind of put in the wrong thing or especially like from a coaching perspective, like if you came with a game plan that didn't make sense or whatever, or you were just not on top of your game, he would let you you know, it's funny. We started to, you know, do some film breakdown of personnel and it's like, why are we even showing personnel when LeBron can probably tell me how to guard this guy better than I can? Cause he's been playing against him for 10 years. You know, mm -hmm. you, you gotta do what you gotta do. I mean, one thing about video is there's going to be a lot of things that you do or projects that are done that may not even be used. But like, you just kind of got to do your work and whatever's asked, is, it's got to get done and as quickly as possible. Time for a quick 30 second timeout, Coach Drew. Getting this podcast to you is all because of my friends at Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout is hands down the easiest and best way to launch, promote, and track your podcast. Your show can be online and listed at all the major podcast directories like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and so many more. You'll also get a great-looking podcast website. They provide audio players that you can drop into other websites. They give detailed analytics to see how people are listening. To start your own podcast, follow the link in my show notes. Let Buzzsprout know that I sent you. You'll get a $20 Amazon gift card if you sign up for a paid plan. And this also helps support my show. Buzzsprout, the easiest way to start a podcast so three years with the Cavs three different head coaches all this experience LeBron James watching the best players in the world how do you make this transition to Michigan State how do you convince Tom Izzo to trust you 
with his video at Michigan State? I didn't really have to do much. At the end of the day, I had amazing people uh, giving me recommendations. Obviously, Dan Vincent was my boss, and he happened to be a former Michigan State manager. So that was step one. His recommendation plus is another one where I kind of found out about the job before it was really out there or anybody else really knew about it. And I had Mike Ganzi, you know, call Dane Fife, who's Mike Ganzi's now assistant GM with the Cavs. And you, if you talk to him, you never know it. He's just like the most humble person I've ever met in my life. Keith Dambrock called Mike Garland because they went way back. Steven Giles, who's an advanced scout for the Cavs, he called Dwayne Stevens. They worked together in Marquette. And then there's Jim Boylan Sr., okay? Mm-hmm. So there's there's two Jim Boylans out there who are amazing coaches. Okay, I worked with Sr., who actually back in the day in the 80s, uh, Jim Boylan Sr. and Jim Boylan Jr., who's the former head coach of the Chicago Bulls, worked with Tom Izzo when Tom Izzo was still an assistant. I believe Sr. might have been the Dobo, and Jr., I think, was the GA. Mm-hmm. And so, so senior <laughs> called Tom Izzo, who we worked a lot hand in hand with his scouts and stuff. So it was just a match made in heaven when it came to timing. And I, mean, I, I guess I'll get into the long part of the story. I found out about the job on a Tuesday and they were leaving for Italy that Friday. And I already had a job offer to a, another school, mm-hmm. which was Michigan State was the right choice. Somehow, I, with those recommendations, I bull rushed my way into an interview on Thursday. And Coach Izzo called me and hired me while they're on the plane about to take off to Italy on Friday. Wow. So it was an unbelievable experience. I, I, I don't like to say that, you know, I kind of put him in a bad position, but I, I did tell him if, if they leave to Italy without hiring me, I have to take the other job because I'm not, you know, I can't let the other school wait for two weeks to get an answer from me. So Coach was very understanding. You know, it worked out. So I recently saw Dwayne Stevens. They were getting ready to play. At the time, the Wolverines, uh, before the COVID <laughs> postponed it, which we all are dealing with in college sports. I'm going to give my personal opinions a little bit later in the podcast that I observed with you, but his observations were rock star with your role with Michigan State in terms of video. What were the demands that Coach Izzo placed for you on video with the Spartans? Tom Izzo, he just has a certain standard in his program. From the players, the coaches, the trainers, to the strength coach, the video guys, the managers, the janitors, you know, everyone has to give the best they can. So, like, he's going to hold myself or, you know, a Mike Garland or Dwayne Stevens to the same standard that he holds his players. And, you know, if if you're not bringing it every day and you're not passionate about what you do, he's going to let you know. And he could sniff things out like if you're kind of you know not all in or whatever he knows so it was a great experience to be you know pushed every day you know just like he pushes his players you know for us i i kind of had every scout when it comes to the video breakdown of their sets organizing their play diagrams and kind of how they ran everything so like my job you know every game was to present to the staff you know who each team was and it was kind of the coaches uh this you know the scout who had the uh the game it was his job to kind of figure out how they wanted to guard all the actions and so you know i i just wanted to find a way to make their lives easier it was just so worth it because i i felt like you know if they're able to have a clear mind about you know who what each team was it would uh, make a lot more simple to figure out how we wanted to guard it how much were you on call with coach like 24 7 you know coach wasn't like a guy who's like calling me at 2 a.m or anything like that but he had an expectation of and a deadline of when things needed to be done so like for myself the way he wanted video done was he wanted everything done 
like a game ahead, right? So we weren't one of those teams that, you know, were finishing up the play at it 20 minutes before we showed it to the team. So if we played like Ohio State on Wednesday and Minnesota right. on Saturday, my play at it and all my stuff and like the GAs with their personnel and the defense and stuff, everything had to be done by the time, you know, Ohio State's game was over. And on, you know, Minnesota's stuff had to be on coach's computer and kind of sent out to everybody. So then like coach could go home, like I'd send it to his house. So he could go home at night because he doesn't sleep and he could watch all the film on the upcoming opponent at his house before they come into to work the next day. Okay. So for a younger coach, why do you think going this route of being an expert or having a passion for video, like is a good route to advance in this profession? Well, I mean, video to me is just like a proving uh, ground of work ethic. You just gain knowledge of the game around the people you work for. Obviously, when I got to Michigan State, I was way ahead of what I was when I got to Cleveland State or Akron or mm-hmm. even the Caps. So, but like at the end of the day, like I said before, like video isn't that hard to operate. Like you can get former players. Like that's the thing in the NBA they do now. You get these guys who, you know, were former good college players or maybe played overseas or, you know, and, and they're like, hey, just come here and do video. And like it streamlines them to become great coaches because the NBA wants guys who can practice or play three on three or be a big body in the post or whatever so like i think the spurs are the first team that started doing it and they started to figure out like well video is not that difficult you just gotta work your butt off so at the end of the day like if you're great with video and you do a great job that speaks leaps and bounds about who you are when it comes to -to day-to-day work so you get the opportunity here at Eastern Michigan with Stan Heath. And before we talk about what it's like working for Coach Heath, how did you tackle the interview with Coach Heath? So first of all, I once again, I had a lot of people in my corner. You talk about networking and networking is really important. And it's really important to connect with people and get out there and make a name for yourself a little bit, especially like you got the social media route now where you can kind of promote yourself. But like there's nothing better when it comes to networking than the network that you have with the people that you've grinded with and, and gone to war with. And had battles with. If you don't do a great job with those people and everything like that, like you're not going to get to where you want to be. And you don't want to burn bridges and all those things. You know, I'm not going to say that you're going to get along with and be best friends with every guy that you work with. That's not that's not possible. But like you can have a tremendous respect for the people you work with and you can earn respect from those. And so when it comes to like getting recommendations like I had Tom Izzo, Mike Garland, you know, Keith Dambrot, all the guys from the Cavs like calling over. Like to me, that was like 80 percent of my interview. Mm. And then. You just got to go in there and kind of, you know, show that you're confident, but you don't want to be overconfident where you think you you're you invented the game of basketball, right? So I went in with a PowerPoint presentation. So coach kind of brought out his notepad of questions that he had for me. And I said, you know, coach, like, if you want to ask me these questions, like, that's totally okay. And I'll do, I'll answer whatever you want. But like, I did come prepared with this presentation that if you want to like we can what we can do go over it anytime mm. and he's like let's just go look at it right now I'm like, oh, okay and so then we went in and apparently <laughs> according to coach I, I did it i did a very good job kind of selling myself kind of giving him an idea of what i'm all about through that presentation you should have your own podcast on interviews you're uh you're crushing it so far in all your interviews <laughs> <laughs> i appreciate it what's it been like though working for stan you know from day one the biggest gift that he's given me is that he's looked at me as a coach on staff 
who brings value in recruiting, mm-hmm. player development, and impact in the culture at Eastern Michigan, and not just bringing in a video guy or, or doing somebody a favor. Like He's really empowered me and promoted me to be myself and do what I love. He's just a tremendous human being who has an infectious energy every day. Coach Heat's a, you know, he's a rare breed when it comes to having tremendous success at the college and professional level. You know, he has a great understanding of the NBA game when it comes to strategy, X's and O's, and player development, but he also knows how to run a successful college program when it comes to culture, family, and he's also an elite recruiter. So like it's it's great being at Eastern because we, you know, we all work and grind every day, but we also enjoy and embrace the process. You know, in our business, you are going to be around your team more than your own family. And I really feel like at Eastern Michigan, we are a family here. The players have been awesome on and off the floor. I'm just so fortunate to have my first coaching job be with, you know, four of the best people in our business when it comes to Stan Heath, Bob Simon, Sean Trice, and Andrew Kang. Yeah, you guys got a great staff. You know, it's just kind of, it's it's probably really unique with me because I was on the men's staff for the last 10 years. Absolutely. You know, I'm at a point in my life where I just, you know, A, the jealousy and all that, that's gone. You know, I just appreciate really good coaching. You know, I see Coach Heath all the time. He's a true professional. I love his demeanor on the floor. And there's an MBA characteristic in his program. I'm not sure if it's being a head coach in the G League or being on the NBA bench, but, you know, there's just a sense of calmness with him uh, during the games that is it's almost NBA-like. The flow of your offense, the way you guys practice, it's, you know, it's just big things are on the horizon. And I have seen how he empowers you guys. Really impressive. Not to give all the trade secrets, but, you know, he lets scouts be your scouts, your babies, your kids. But he's also really dialed in on preparation. I hear him quizzing you guys about certain things that people are running. And, you know, I've been really, really impressed with him. I just, everything about him is just a sense of calmness that it just has to help you as a young coach, you know, trying to find your feet, you know, just that like, hey, coach has really got my back and he's going to let me coach. Yeah. And just, I want to point out, Dro, we really appreciate you too, you know, just being around the program and our guys, they all love you. And, you know, we, especially, you know, Andrew and Charles, you know, they're, they're big fans of you. And um, we're just really glad to have you still around our program. Must've paid them a lot of meals, but like circling back to coaching and watching you coach, I've watched you with the guards. I've watched you with the bigs and details. Why are details so important to you? Uh, if it wasn't for details, I wouldn't be here. You know, you, you have to figure out like, like coach Dan brought told me years ago, like what's your niche, what sets you apart. And so like, for me, I don't have a choice, but to, to be super detail oriented. And, and that also means like being able to figure out what to filter, right? So like, you got to be detailed enough to know what everything that you want to cover is, but then you also got to like say, okay, like what's going to be the most important thing. Cause like, I really don't feel like it matters how much I know because it's all about how much our players know. Mm. And so when it comes to their own game or a game plan, it's all about how can I transfer my knowledge and my information that I have to our players in the cleanest possible way, because it's really just all about them. It's not about me. What about finding your voice? I mean, you talked about being a assistant coach at 19 and then you went the GA route and then the, the video route. And now, you know, on the floor, like, has it been easy to find your voice? Like, is am I overthinking this or has it just been something that took a little bit of time to like, just find your voice? I find myself coaching with the women right now. I'm just starting to find my voice <laughs> in terms of like, just how to make an impact and how to get them to react to me. But what about your experiences with that? I, I think to be able to speak and have a voice, even as a player, right? Like you, you get mad for at a player for not talking on defense or calling out a coverage. Well, he's not going to call it out unless he knows what it is right? Like, you know, you got to call that screen. Well, he doesn't know what to say. And that's just an example where you've seen that. You've seen that a lot of levels, high school and probably more than college. But like, I really, before I'm going to start having a voice and 
talking and, and trying to have an opinion on things, I got to know exactly what Coach Heath wants. Mm. And I got to have be just trying to spread his vision to our guys. It's not my vision. Wow. And, and one day I'll have that, I hope. But right now, I got to be the best assistant coach I can be. And the best assistant coach I can be is to, you know, sweat with our guys and spread coaches' knowledge and vision and what he wants them to do. Obviously, within coaches' meetings and stuff, you know, there are times where you could challenge your head coach and you can, you know, question him on things. Because if you don't do that, then, you know, it's hard to uh, get better as a staff. But on the floor, you just got to echo what your head coach wants at all times. You know, you talked about sweating with the guys. I see you all the time afterwards, rebounding, rebounding, rebound, shooting with the guys. Just walked out, Darian Spotville, one of our great seniors. You're working with them on the free throw line. Why is this such this little thing such a big thing for you? It's all about relationships. I mean, obviously, I'm trying to get Darian better, but I'm also spending time. Players can kind of always see when, when you're kind of not fully in with them. You have to prove to them every day how important they are to you. Darion's kind of the exception. I mean, I'll call Darion and tell him what he was doing wrong the whole day of practice. And when he's hanging up, he'll say, thanks for calling coach. Appreciate it. (laughs) And I'm like, "Uh, okay, uh, no problem. But if you want these guys to be fully bought in, you have to spend time, you know, especially in our situation where we're still trying to establish our culture, right. our non-negotiables. And you got to, and especially now you got the transfer portal, you got to recruit your own players every day, recruit them to obviously stay, but also just to play hard for you. It's great. And I see coach Simon all the time, coach Trice, you guys do a great job of that. I did a lousy job the last five or six years after practice spending time with the guys. I, I just felt like I was the first one up and I've done a better job with the women. They've really challenged me because they want to be on the floor. I just think that's such a small thing, but for young coaches, you know, if you have the ability to stay after practice, no just to spend time with the guys and watch them shoot. And, you know, I just see it all the time and I see you dress with the guys and you, it seems like they got you running after every rebound, but I just think it's a big thing. Was that a big state thing? Was that something you learned from Danbra? Like where did that become such early part of your coaching philosophy? You know, I think just everywhere. I've been, you know, Wittenberg, Cleveland State, Akron, the Cavs. I mean, Cavs, I mean, we we did more individual workouts than we practice. Mm. So that was always really important. At Michigan State, uh, being the video coordinator, um, you know, I was kind of in charge of the managers, and I, I made a rule with the managers that none of them can leave the court until the last player gets off. Wow. So it'd be silly at times. You'd, you'd see, like, 10 managers rebounding for one guy. But, like, they took a lot of pride in that. And that I mean, that was something that I, I kind of got from being in Cleveland and everything. And, you know, we, we had that rule, too, with the, uh, you know, the video guys. I mean, none of us, you know, we, we might have a huge deadline, all the video stuff in the world to do but nothing was more important than getting you know mike miller some extra shots after practice you know so because you could have a great game plan if they're not making shots and it all goes out the window anyways right one thing i love about you if you've braced the recruiting aspect of your job another area that i faltered definitely for coach murphy but without talking specifics what are some simple guidelines that you've been trying to follow in year one on the recruiting trail first of all i'm just trying to learn from coach heath coach trice and coach simon i mean they have so much experience they've they've done a great job kind of putting together this current roster. I mean, they scraped it together and, you know, we got really fortunate with uh, some of the guys that we were able to get really late. But like, you know, just watching, you know, Coach Simon zero in on a kid or Coach Trice zero in on a kid and like, I mean, just the persistence and the the attention to detail and you just got to kind of put yourself out there. You got to go and form great relationships with coaches in your area. You got to be willing to make the phone calls and you got to do your homework. You know, like if there's a kid that I'm kind of 
recruiting or trying to get on, like I'm calling his high school coach, I'm calling his AU coach, I'm trying to find out who his workout guy is, calling the parents, I'm calling, you know, just trying to figure out, you know, who's kind of running the show. You know, obviously it's the player's decision, but, you know, there's certain people that are going to have major impacts on what that player's decision is. But my whole approach when I got here was, especially in the fall, is, you know, within legal um, (laughs) guidelines to be in as many high school gyms in in the Michigan area that I could be in and and try to just go out there and meet a lot of high school coaches. Because at the end of the day, like especially my position, I was the third one hired. I'm the third assistant. I'm the the new guy on the block. There's a lot of people that kind of don't know who I am. And I got to kind of go out there and let people know, like, you know, I'm not just a guy who's been in a dark basement for the last 10 years. I'm I'm a guy who can kind of bring it when it comes to the basketball side, but the relationships side as well. So you mentioned your wife at the start of this podcast. How do you balance the demand of being a husband and having three wonderful children? Yeah, you you already answered the question. My wife, she's just a <laughs> rock star. I mean, I just, I mean, it's unbelievable how she's able to fully function having her own full-time job as well. I just am thankful every day that she is who she is and that she was dumb enough to say yes when I uh, proposed. So I always end the podcast. What are some simple tips for young coaches? I guess one thing I would say, like, especially for like the GAs and managers and everything, when a coach asks you some, you know, for a favor, like, or to do something, you know, obviously within reason, you, there are certain things that you're not able to do, but like try to your best to never say no or, ah, sorry, I can't, you know, I think it's just such a big thing to just prove your work ethic. I mean, that's kind of where I've kind of carved my path. And obviously there's different ways. There's no like one we, we talked about it earlier. There's no like blueprint on to how to be becoming a college assistant coach. There's so many different routes, but I do know that if you don't work and you don't, you know, grind and you're not a, you know, you're somebody who falls asleep thinking about, you know, your team and the game and you wake up thinking about your team and the game, like, unless those are like the way you kind of go about your life, like it's really hard to make it in this uh, profession. Well, Drew, I want to thank you for your time. I used to go to Michigan State a couple times a year. I used to see you and I was always blown away. Your attention to detail just always inspired me. And I don't even know if you knew that, but just to talk to Coach Fife and Coach Garland and Coach Stevens about an upcoming scout, you know, they would just be like, well, Drew has us all set. And then, I, you know, just to look at you and your notes and you were driven and watching those guys present to the team. And, and I always said to myself, like, man, this guy's going to be really, really good when he gets the opportunity to be on the floor. And now just watching you personally, you know, seeing you with the guys pre-post, I watch your scouting. Every time I go in your office, you know, the attention to detail in terms of video is just mind boggling. But then the other thing that I, I listen to all the time is you, Coach Simon and Coach Trice, always have these conversations about your team and basketball, you know, simple ideas that you can suggest to Coach Heath. And it's just, I've just been really, really impressed. You know, I really appreciate your time, but I'm also just, you know, appreciate you sharing for younger coaches your journey, you know, starting with video, evolving, working so hard, working for great people and that all that prepared you for where you are right now so i'm just wishing you endless success you know finish up the mac play really strong you know anything can happen as we both know keep doing your thing and just you know i just hope that you know you inspire some coaches today some younger coaches you know gas and managers to really approach their their current role be a star in the role like you did i appreciate it and you know i can't kind of end this without saying you know how many wonderful people i've worked with and you know the, the managers at michigan state you know they did a lot of video stuff for me and, you know, the GAs and all those things. And so, you know, I wouldn't be where I am without people like that or, or you know, coaches who recommended me for jobs. I mean, it's just been an incredible experience when it comes to um, having great relationships with the people that you work with. Thanks, Drew. Appreciate it.
That was a great conversation with Coach Drew Donesco. Here are some things that I loved about our conversation on why Coach Drew coaches. Feeling you get helping players reach their dreams and goals and how he feeds off that feeling. I love that he said he never feels like he's working. How about he and his wife bonded over basketball? Coach Drew knew he wanted to be a coach when he was 10 years old. Pretty cool that he was an student assistant coach at the age of 19 at Wittenberg University. The whole podcast was simply fascinating how Coach Donesco has approached going after jobs, learning about jobs before they truly open, the power of the recommendation, and then his ability to interview. To me, this was incredible advice for young coaches. Small, but a big thing. Did you hear how Coach Drew sent Bill Buck his resume that night at the Final Four? How about what Coach Donesco learned for working for Coach Dambrot? He learned how passionate you have to be every day. Players have to know that you care. How? Spend time with the players. Find your niche. His best advice from Coach D. Video life with the Cavs. Slept at the facility for four days a week. The film edits were ready for the coaches when they got to the office in the morning. How about LeBron James remembering everything? I'm not surprised one bit. How about how Coach Drew was able to get the video position with the Spartans? Again, the power of the recommendation. Dan Vincent called. Mike Gansey called. Keith Dambrow called. Steve Giles called. And Jim Boylan Sr. called. How about what Coach Donesco said about Coach Izzo? Coach Izzo has a certain standard, and Coach Izzo holds his staff to the same standard as the players. Again, I love Drew's role with the Spartans. How he had everything ready for the staff so they could decide how they wanted to guard it. Coach Drew's take on video. Video requires massive time. Video is a proving ground to show that you can work. And his interview with Coach Stan Heath? Show that you are confident and came prepared with a presentation. I liked when he said Coach Heath empowers him as an assistant. On details, Coach Drew is super detailed. What is the most important thing Drew said? How much the players know. Transfer my knowledge to the players. Great advice, Drew. On having a voice. Spread Coach Heath's vision. Echo his vision to the players. Again, tremendous. On sweating with the guys. It's all about the relationships. Players can see when you're not with them. Have to spend time with them. How about the rule that he had at MSU for the student managers? The managers could not leave the court till the last player left the court. On recruiting, how he has observed Coach Simon and Trice zero in on a kid. And specifically, their attention to detail. Pretty cool that Drew is learning from two amazing assistant coaches. Finally, his advice for young coaches, try your best to never say no. Lastly, I liked how Drew ended the podcast. Go to sleep thinking about your team and wake up thinking again about your team. Thank you, Coach Drew Donesco, for sharing your story. Subscribe, rate, and review on whatever platform that you are currently listening. And we are everywhere. Follow Tell Me Your Story Coach on Instagram at Tell Me Your Story Coach. Follow Tell Me Your Story Coach on Twitter at Coach Kevin Drew. Connect with me on LinkedIn, Kevin Mondro. Stay safe. I can't say this enough. Be you. Keep coaching and see you on the next episode of the Tell Me Your Story Coach podcast.